The following program is transcribed. The honor of my country shall never be stained by an apology from me for the statement of truth or the performance of duty. Mr. President, starring Edward Arnold and written by Gene Holloway. Mr. President, at home and in the White House, the elected leader of our people, our fellow citizen and neighbor, these are little-known stories of the men who've lived in the White House, dramatic, exciting events in their lives that you and I so rarely hear. True human stories of Mr. President. In a moment, we'll bring you Edward Arnold as Mr. President. But first, let's take a look at the job that Thomas Jefferson described as a life of splendid misery. The tasks of the presidency have become steadily more complex, the responsibilities greater. Constantly with the president are tremendous matters of state, an endless chain of problems to which he must devote his time and energy. Exceptional fortitude is needed to withstand the strain, and the president is required to maintain a statesmanlike front under varied and trying conditions. It is the human side of the presidency that we emphasize in our stories, by the kind of penetrating drama that reveals the man rather than the office holder. In portraying Mr. President, Edward Arnold gives us some of the warmth, the vitality, the heartaches, and the humanness of those men who have held the highest honor our country can offer. And now listen and see if you can name the president upon whom the episode is based. Here's a story that happened in Washington a few years ago. Listen closely and see if you can tell who the president was. It was early in the morning, but already the president was having his troubles. Well, Mr. President, as your secretary of state, naturally I'll do whatever you wish in these matters. But Monsieur Serrurier begs that you consider France's position. No, I've given France all the consideration I intend to give. They have owed us money for years and for years. The only payment we've been getting is evasion, evasion, evasion. Now... They signed a treaty with me agreeing that they would pay us 25 million francs in six annual installments, didn't they? Yes, they did. And in return, we agreed to lower the duty on French wines, which we did, didn't we? Yes, we certainly did. All right. Now then, we sent a bill to France for the amount due, and they didn't pay it, did they? No. All right. Order the Navy ready for sea duty. Now then, what's the next matter I have to take up this morning? Order the Navy ready for sea duty. Are we going to declare war on France? We're going to get our money. You can tell Monsieur Serrier to advise his government of that. Now then, what else do I have to make a decision on this morning? Well, there's the matter of Bashaw Mamoun. Who? Bashaw Mamoun. Who in the world is Bashaw Mamoun? <laughs> Bashaw Mamoun is a male lion on the coast of Africa. Well, what in the world has a male lion on the coast of Africa got to do with me? He belongs to you. He what? He belongs to you. Oh, you're crazy. I shouldn't be a bit surprised. <clears throat> but whether I am or not, Bashaw Mamoon is a magnificent specimen of the lion. 
And he's waiting now for word from you as to what your pleasure is as far as he is concerned. You've been working too hard. Let me read you part of this letter from James Lee. James Lee? Yes, our consul at Tangiers. He's been presented with an enormous lion and two fine horses. They're a gift to you from the Emperor of Morocco. Well, tell him to thank the Emperor and uh, give them right back. <laughs> How many times do I have to tell our men abroad that they are not to accept presents from any foreign state? Mr. Lieb advises us here in his letter, and I quote, The presentation of a lion, which is held in high respect by the Moors as the king, or according to their expression, the sultan of animals, mm -hmm. is the highest compliment the Emperor pays. And any such present cannot be declined without the grossest insult to an Eastern sovereign. Oh. Isn't it nice to be so popular? Problems, problems. My life used to be so simple before I was president. I'd rather face the problems of the battlefield any day than face the problems of the executive mansion. But what am I going to do with the lion? Mr. Leap suggests that the lion be put in a national menagerie. Well, I'll take the matter up with Congress and uh, see what they suggest. Uh, John... You'd better have another conversation with Monsieur Serrier about the French situation. I'll take care of that immediately, Mr. President. Thank you. Ah, Mr. President. Oh, Monsieur Serrier. I was just sitting out here reading. Sit down, won't you? Sit down. Well, this is a piece of luck. I was just coming from a conference with Mr. Forsyth, and he told me of your uh, displeasure with France. I feel very strongly about this, Madame Cicerelli. Oh, Mr. Forsyth left no doubt about that. But I had hoped that the United States might pursue a more, uh, shall we say, discreet course. Well, Monsieur Cerulier, we've been trying to get our money discreetly for some time now. That hasn't worked, so I'm afraid we just have to take the bit in our teeth and discretion be hanged. Is it your wish to go to war with France, no, no. Monsieur President? No, no, Monsieur Serey. It is merely my wish to collect the money that is due us. It would be nice if we could do it peacefully. But if we can't, we aren't going to stand for any more hemming and hawing. But you have always seemed such a friend of France... Why, well, you are even the godfather to the king of France's youngest subject here in Washington. Do you know, Monsieur Serrier, if a friend owes me money, I expect him to pay me much faster than I would expect payment from an enemy. I do consider myself a good friend of France, and I hope your country isn't taking advantage of the fact. Mr. President, France never takes advantage of anyone. Why, from what country did Lafayette come to aid you in your struggle for freedom? Monsieur Serrier, we admit that, but we still want our money. But these things take time, Monsieur President. Yes, so I've noticed. Oh, pardon, sir, you, you dropped your book. Hmm? Uh, permit me. Oh. Oh. Hmm? Oh, you look startled, Monsieur. Well, it, it does seem to be a rather peculiar book for you to be reading. The Care and Feeding of Lions. No, not at all, not at all. I've newly become a father to one. <laughs> what? Yes, a gift from the Emperor of Morocco. Congress is having a meeting now trying to decide what to do with it. But in the meantime, the lion has been put on board the William Tell and is on its way here. Is it a uh, man-eating lion? I'm not sure, but according to a completely unverified rumor, it is quite partial to Frenchmen. No. Yes. 
Mr. President, I do not think the situation with France is one that calls for liberty. <laughs> Probably not, Monsieur Chirurier. But my time is so split up between the problem of the French debt and the problem of the lion that it's very difficult for me to keep them separated. And of the two, do you know the lion is really more of a problem? I know what to do about France, but for the life of me, I still haven't figured out what to do about the lion. Well, maybe Congress can help me out. Gentlemen of the House of Representatives, it is my personal opinion that the safety of our agent in Tangiers depends upon the safety of the Emperor's gift lion in this country. That is absolutely fantastic. Well, fantastic or not, Mr. President, you'd better take good care of that lion. What does the House advise me to do? Uh, the House hasn't made a decision. But the committee advises that the animals be sold and the proceeds deposited in the Treasury. Well, according to the report, that might mean our representative in Tangiers might be sold and the money deposited in the Emperor's Treasury. Oh, I hardly think that, Mr. President. Why couldn't he have chosen to give me some, some other kind of a gift, like handkerchiefs or something? <laughs> Why a lion? Oh, well, what does Congress intend to do about it? Oh, Congress has voted to adjourn. They what? Congress is adjourning. The problem still exists when they reconvene, they'll take it up again. Well, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice? Congress adjourns and leaves me with a man-eating lion on my hand. <laughs> Well, if that animal arrives here at the executive mansion, I'm liable to adjourn, too, permanently. <laughs> I'd better eat very sparsely for the time being. I don't want to look too appetizing. <laughs> now, let me see. What else do I want to say in this message to Congress? I've been making so many notes on the subject all summer that if I included them all, it would take them a whole week to read the message. Well, they're all rested up after that long vacation. Yes, well, thank goodness they're back and that lion didn't arrive in the meantime. They hoped he would, though. Oh, don't think for a moment they didn't. They hoped they wouldn't have to face the problem. Well, all the problems they adjourned from are still here. The lion, France, and me. Where was I in that message? You stopped with... The time has come. Oh, yes, 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 yes. The time has come to take redress into our own hands. After the delay on the part of France of a quarter of a century in acknowledging the claims by treaty, it is not to be tolerated that another quarter of a century be wasted in negotiation about the payment. And in view of... Yes, come in. Oh, come in, John, come in. Here. Yeah. He's coming into port. He's here. Who's here? Bashaw Mamoon. The lion? Yes. Ship's just coming into port. Uh, what do you want done with the lion? Well, don't bring him in here. Well, aren't you coming down to meet him? No. Well, he does in a way represent the Emperor of Morocco. Now, let's not take the attitude that this is a representative of the Emperor of Morocco. This is a gift from the Emperor of Morocco. And I'll have to decide uh, what its disposal will be. I said, sit down, John, sit down. I'm trying to finish my message of France. Where was I? What? It uh, is not to be tolerated that another quarter of a century be wasted in negotiation about the payment. In view of... Oh, yes, yes. In view of France's continued violation of lions given through her France's continued violation of lions? 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 Who said anything about lions? Keep your mind on the subject, will you? Well, well sir, you said... Uh, I'm talking about France, not a lion. You'll have to pay closer attention. 
Now, don't let the lion upset you. Uh, after all, what's a lion? <clears throat> Let's get on with the message. Uh, in uh, view of France's continued violation of... Oh, oh uh, yes, yes, yes. In view of France's continued violation... Now what? Am I interrupting something important? Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Mary. Good evening, everyone. Uh, how's the baby? We couldn't be better. I brought you over some jelly. I made it yesterday afternoon. I thought you might like some. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before you put this down, is this a personal gift from you to me, or is this a gift from France to America? What on earth? Well, we can't be too careful. Since you married that member of the French legation, I have to scrutinize everything you and I say or, or do very carefully. I don't want to create an international incident. But we're old friends. You were at my wedding. You're... You're my baby's godfather. But that godchild of mine is a subject of the King of France. Monsieur Serrerier reminded me of that just the other day. Well, the jelly is purely a personal gift from me to you. Then I'll accept it and enjoy it. Good. And I'll run along. I can see that I am interrupting something here. I did want to tell you that I've had some letters from some of Alphonse's relatives in France. And they just love this country. They aren't in sympathy with the French government's attitude about the debt at all. Oh? And, um... Uh, it would be a shame to declare war on France when... when the people aren't at fault. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't it? Why, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you little agent, you? Mary Louis Pajot, I'm surprised at you. What are you two laughing at? <laughs> that French husband of yours and that French superior of his, Monsieur Serrurier, sent you over here, didn't they? I told them you'd see through me right away. <laughs> but honestly, they say that if you just wouldn't make an issue of things right now, things would be much better all around. Well, they'd be better for France, but we'd never get our money. Monsieur Serrurier says that the French Chamber of Deputies didn't make the appropriation for the money, and there's nothing that can be done until they do appropriate the money. Well, maybe our Navy can persuade them to do it. You couldn't possibly be a little less firm about it just now? No. France gave her word to pay if we reduced the tax on the wine. We kept our part of the bargain, and she has to keep hers. Well, I'm sure she will. Well, if you're sure, that's more than I am. Now, Mary, you go back and tell those French accomplices of yours they're not to use you anymore as an envoy. You're welcome here as a friend, but not as a representative of France. All right. <laughs> I'll tell them. I knew that's what you'd say. It didn't hurt to try. Good night. Good night, Mary. Good night. Good night. Uh, it'll be a miracle if I ever get this message to Congress finished. Now, tell me, where was I? You were recommending that a law be passed authorizing reprisals upon French property. Oh, yes, 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 I know. In case provisions shall not be made... That's the front door. Now, who on earth could that be? I'll go. Would you please? Of course. Let's see now. I think we, we should say... Uh, uh, this law is not made with any intention of offending French honor. How does that sound? It sounds right to me, Mr. President. Uh, shall I put it in? What's that? Oh, huh? Mr. President! 
Guess who's here? Here, yes. Oh, get this down in case some power beyond my control should keep you from finishing it. France should look upon this law only as the evidence of an inflexible determination on the part of the United States to insist on their rights. Mr. President, what? your friend is asking for you. I'm coming, John. I'm coming. Not with enthusiasm, mind you, but with the fortitude of a man determined to do his duty. In just a moment, we'll come back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Do you take your rights and freedoms for granted? Many of us do, but we think we can't ever lose them. Well, that trend of thinking is dangerous, for history has proved that people start to lose their freedom the moment they think it's forever secure. That's why we must all work at keeping our American heritage of freedom, for freedom is everybody's job. Today, many nations of the world are standing at the crossroads between free government and dictatorship. But those who still aspire to political, economic, and religious freedom look to America as an example. Therefore, what Americans do during the months ahead can greatly influence the decision that the war-exhausted peoples will make. As a good citizen, remember your American heritage and work to defend your individual liberties. Do this by taking an active part in the affairs of your community and fulfilling at all times the duties of American citizenship. And now back to Edward Arnold and Mr. President. Have you guessed who the president was when all this happened? It did happen, you know, in Washington just a few years past. While the lion was caged and seemed quite content about the whole thing, but the situation with France was bad. France took exception to the president's message to Congress, as Monsieur Serrurier had warned they would. And Monsieur Serrurier himself was recalled to his country. As charge d'affaires, Alphonse Paggio moved up to the position of France's diplomatic agent in the United States. Between France and the emperor of Morocco's lion... Congress and the president were kept very busy. The Committee on Agriculture recommends that the lion be given to Peel's Museum in New York City and that the horses be presented to a New York agricultural society. Object! Object, sir! Why should the richest state in the Union be the subject of these gifts? Let them be presented to Louisiana. Well, why should Louisiana be the favored state? Does the representative from Alabama desire the lion for that state? I have no intention of accepting the lion for Alabama, nor do I have any intention of giving it to New York. Well, sir, how about this? I move that the lion be presented by the president to the king of France. <laughs> well, now, gentlemen, if we presented the lion to France under the present circumstances, we would certainly be at war. No, gentlemen, I move that the horses be sold and that we present the lion to a suitable institution uh, chosen by the president. Well, now, that's very simple, isn't it? All you have to do is present the lion to a suitable institution. Yeah, that's going to be just as much of a problem as anything else. What exactly is a suitable institution? And in what state? Yes? Uh, Mr. President, Monsieur Paggio, the French legation is asking for an audience. Well, have him come in. Now, what's happened? I understand that France has been sending troops and ammunition in greater quantities to her naval stations in the West Indies. Good day, Monsieur President. Yeah, good day, Monsieur Paggio. Uh, Monsieur Versailles. How do you do, Monsieur Paggio? Uh, Monsieur President, 
I have here an unofficial letter from the Ducachille de Brolier, the French Minister for Foreign Affairs. Well, that's nice. How is the Duke? Uh, he is well. This letter is what you might call an unofficial official letter. The Duke speaks as a private person. Uh-oh. What does the Duke want? Well, as you know, France has said that nothing will be paid on the French debt until the satisfactory explanation is received of the, uh, the language of your message to Congress, Monsieur President. So? So, the Duke suggests that uh, such an explanation would immediately dissolve any thoughts that an uh, insult to France was intended. Uh, would you care to see the letter? No, I would not. Uh, would you care to receive the letter as Secretary of State, Monsieur Forsyth? No, indeed. No foreign nation has any right to interfere in a message sent to a, a branch of this government by the President of this government. What I say to Congress concerns Congress and concerns me. It does not concern France. What you're really asking for is an apology, Monsieur Pajot. That's right. And the honor of my country shall never be stained by an apology from me for the statement of truth or the performance of duty. Now, Monsieur Pajot, I have ordered our representative in Paris to say that we are waiting payment of the debt. I have instructed him that if in five days no arrangements are made for payment, he is to close the legation and come home. Then, I must also ask for my passport, Monsieur Pazon. I'm sorry, Monsieur Pagian, but things seem to have reached an impasse between our countries, and you must do as you think best under the circumstances. Good day, Monsieur Pazon. Monsieur Forsyth. Good day, Monsieur Pagian. Oh, and uh, give my regards to your wife and to my godson, will you? Yes, Monsieur President. Good day. Good day. Nice boy. I'm sorry to see him and Mary leave this country. Uh, so will I. But I don't intend to be outbluffed or outmaneuvered by France, and I don't intend to apologize. How is your uh, lion? Oh, a lion. <laughs> I took him some food yesterday. I think he's beginning to recognize me. <laughs> uh, he didn't roar yesterday when I came. He, he looked actually quite benign. You know, I'm getting to the point where I hate to hear that door knocker. I'd like to see the President of the United States. Now what? Never a dull moment in this house. Mm. Uh, Mr. President, there's a lady who wants to speak to you about the lion. The lion? Uh, yes, she'd like to have it. Well, sure in, sure in. You can go right in. Thank you, thank you. Oh, Mr. President, this is too kind of you, too, too oh, kind of you. This is Mr. Forsyth, the Secretary of State. Mr. How do you do, Mr. Forsyth? I'm so happy to meet you. Uh, Mr. President, I am the Chief Directress of an orphan asylum, and I do hope you'll give me that lion. What for? For the children. Sweet, dear children. You want me to give that lion to an orphanage? What would they do with it? I think the lion could be sold at public auction and the proceeds could be divided between the Washington City Orphan Asylum and the St. Vincent's Orphan Asylum. Well, now, that might not be a bad idea. I think it's an excellent idea. I'm sure Congress and the Emperor will agree. Both orphanages do need the money. John, you draw up an order at once and we will present the line to this lady immediately. Oh, Mr. President, you're so kind, so very kind. I'll have all the orphans come in person and thank you. No, 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 that won't be necessary, thank you. I'm happy to dispose of the lion and to dispose of him in a way that will be of benefit to the children in your care. You've done me a real service in coming here this morning, ma'am. Yes, you've solved the problem of the lion. Yes, and now all I have to worry about is France. 
President, England has offered to mediate between France and America. France has accepted the offer. Will you accept the offer? Yes, I accept. Good. France is convinced that the President of the United States did not intend an insult in his message to Congress. Payments on the debt to the United States will be made at once. Well, John, I guess we're out of the woods. Yes. The new French minister will be calling any moment. Uh, I think it was a good idea to ask for a complete change of staff in each legation. That way, we start with a clean slate. How much money have we received from France? Four back installments with interest. You see, they paid as soon as they saw we meant what we said. That should be the new French minister. You know, I'm anxious to meet him. I hope he's going to be a good fellow to get along with. Monsieur President. Monsieur Pagiot. Hello, Mr. President. Mary, what does this mean? It means that Alphonse is the new minister to America. Isn't it wonderful? We got to come home. Now, what kind of a trick is this in the part of France? It was clearly understood that there, there were to be new representatives in each country. Mr. President, I thought you liked Alphonse. I do like Alphonse. That isn't the point. The point is that France made an agreement and hasn't kept uh, it. Mr. President, mm. uh, this was not France's fault. It wasn't? No. And whose fault was it? Well, I'm afraid it was mine and Major Lewis and Mary Lewis Pajot's fault. You see, I... I wanted to be at home. And Major Lewis wanted his daughter to be home, and I wanted to see Major Lewis and Mary happy. And I wanted your godson to grow up near you. So, thinking this would be a delightful surprise to you, without the knowledge of Monsieur Pajot, who is completely blameless in this, we sent word to the king that if he sent Monsieur Pajot as the new minister, this would be a gracious way of paying you a very nice compliment. The king was just trying to be nice. And so were we. Well, well, you connivers, you schemers, you plotters. Please. Don't be mad. I find myself in a position somewhat embarrassing, Monsieur President. I did not realize I was not wanted. Not wanted? I'm delighted. They really put one over on you and me, Alphonse. But let me tell you, this is the nicest thing that's ever been put over on either one of us. Welcome home, my children. Welcome home. Well, you've probably figured out by now who the president was when all that happened. It really did happen, you know, and you'll have the answer in just a moment. Most of you listeners are well aware that millions of Europeans are seriously in need of food and clothing. But not all of you are completely familiar with CARE, C-A-R-E. Now, this is shown by parcel post figures. You see, exclusive of CARE packages, private persons sent millions of dollars worth of relief and gift packages to Europe during 1949. But through CARE, you can send more for less. For $10, CARE sends one of several different types of packages to whomever you designate in many different countries. Send $10 to CARE, New York, for a food package or specify one of CARE's other packages. Give your name and address and that of the recipient. And now, back to Mr. President. Good afternoon, Mr. President. What are you reading? My book on the care and feeding of lions. What are you reading that for? 
You know, I became very, very much attached to that lion, and I intend to keep my eye on him. You know where he is now? Oh, yes, yes. I got a card from him this afternoon. <laughs> you did? Let me see it. Well, I'll read it to you. Lion, Emperor of Morocco. This distinguished visitor, richly entitled to be considered the first among his peers, being on a visit to the metropolis of the Union, will be at home at his present residence on the corner of 12th Street and Pennsylvania Avenue at the Fountain Inn kept by John Douglas. Well, are you going to call on him? I certainly am. I'm going to take him a bottle of some kind of oil or other. I thought his coat was a little off color the last time I saw him. I certainly never thought I'd see the time when you'd be worried about a lion. <laughs> Anything I do, I intend to do to the best of my ability. That lion is going to have the best of care, or his name isn't Bashor Mamoon, and mine isn't Andrew Jackson. Be with us again next week, won't you, for another exciting story that happened in Washington a few years ago to Mr. President. Until then, goodbye. This program is produced and directed by Joe Graham. Edward Arnold can currently be seen in the MGM picture Annie Get Your Gun. Heard with Mr. Arnold in today's cast were Inga Adams, Eric Dressler, Kermit Murdoch, Ian Martin, and your narrator Dwight Wiest. Mr. President was created by Robert G. Jennings. Today's story was based on incidents in the life of President Andrew Jackson. Be sure to listen again next week when the American Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations bring you Edward Arnold with another interesting and factual story of Mr. President. The preceding program was transcribed. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.